Welcome to the Young Lions Podcast, where we exist to equip teenagers to be bold in their walk with Jesus. We want them to know what they believe, why they believe, and how the Bible applies to their everyday life. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Yo, yo, what's up, guys? My name's Chase. I'm one of Wesley's interns from Marcus Point Baptist Church. I'm here with a bunch of my friends. Like, hold on, let's see. What's your name again? Madison. Your name? Sorry, guys, I'm, like, really bad with names. What's your name? Kylan. Your name? Sire. And my youth pastor. Now, you see, my youth pastor is a very difficult name. What's your name? Chase, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, we got Madison, Kai, Sia, and Wesley here. Sia, or Wesley, take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Whoa. My turn. <laughs> take it off. No take time it off. to waste, Wesley. <laughs> Madison. Yes. Serious question. Yes. How do you kill a polar bear? How? You draw a circle in the ice, you cut it out, and you line it with peas. Uh-huh. And then when the polar bear goes to pee, you kick it in the ice hole. Take uh, a pee. Har, har, har. Well, oh, I see. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I listen. see. I see. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, what are we talking about today, Kai? Can we trust the Bible? Man, you said it so emphatically. Can we trust it? Madison, give us something. Okay, I actually have a verse here. It's Psalm 119, uh, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So people actually, what they used to do, because when you were walking at night, you can't really see in the dark and like where you're going. So they would actually like they would like strap light sources to their feet and so whenever they're walking they can actually see you know like, like the light on their feet yeah like candles it's so, like imagine like you know the fake little candle lights that like mm-hmm. flicker and stuff mm-hmm. imagine if you taped one to each foot and you were walking and you would have like pools of light walking wherever you go that's cool weird because nobody does it but that's cool <laughs> And and so what Madison's basically saying is that scripture is 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 our guide, right? Scripture tells us that everybody sinned, everybody's made mistakes. We're all awful, sinful, dirty, rotten, selfish human beings, but God has rescued us if we've given our life to him. And he 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 gives us light and direction to know where to walk, how to walk, how to survive life. And there's beauty to that. And so then we have to ask ourselves, okay, well we know God exists. We've talked about this in past episodes. So therefore God's word is worth something, but how do we know the Bible is God's word? I think it's the next question to ask. Yeah, um, I mean, I would just have to say it's pretty crazy how when you look at things from a historical standpoint mm-hmm. and like analytics and numbers, um, in a BBC interview uh, led by Bishop of Truro, you know, the Right Reverend Philip Mount Stephen, um, he esti- he said that estimated. One in three people suffer from religious persecutions. Christians were the most persecuted religious group it found, which is like insane. Yeah, and that's so interesting. And we're not talking like American Christians, you know, like actual, mind you, there are Christians in America. I'm not saying that. But like Christians where it's illegal to be a Christian, that's the context. And they're persecuted for their faith almost universally in every nation. And that's interesting. Why is Christianity so... Like, why are people so hostile towards a religion that's so not hostile, so you're if you saying, think about uh, it? in, like, other countries, there's laws that say you cannot. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That is most of the world. Specifically Iraq right now. It was, like, before 2003, they were um, estimated, like, 1.5 million 
religious, like specifically Christians, from what it was, from what the BBC um, article said. And then after 2003, it dropped to less than 120,000. Wow. So, yeah, in some countries it's like crazy illegal. And in some countries, they will literally like, kill you. Yeah. yeah. So, if you yeah, like in China, they will. Like in China, they'll arrest you for like years. They're like making hand signals to each other. I don't even know what sign language. <laughs> like the bird flap thing. Uh, anyways, so I think it's important. <laughs> well, you know, like where you put your hands together and you like. That is yeah, not. Did you know that's actually not ASL at all? Well, you know no, what? it's not. It's like a. This All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Madison, do you believe in George Washington? Yes. Kai, do you believe in George Washington? Yeah. Chase, do you believe in George Washington? Yeah. Why? Because he's a president. How do you know that? It was Because it said in the history books in, our history in school. Books. Well, you believe the history books? Yeah. I do too, but my point behind that is there are manuscripts that back a history book. So in other words, a bunch of people over time, they take all these different like papers with writings and facts and, and data. They put them together and they say, look, based off of the facts, George Washington was a real man that really lived. That was really the first president of the United States. You're tracking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real man. Really in history. And, and the biographies that were written about him were written much later after he died. There's not very many copies, but we have enough evidence that we can definitively say we know he lived, we know what he was like, we know how he functioned, etc., etc. What's interesting when you compare ancient manuscripts, for instance, uh, let me give you a good one. Plato's Teratologies, written in the 400s BC, there's a 200-year gap, okay? After this work was massively published and passed around, a 200-year gap after it was written, and we have 238 copies of it. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of these books that they make you read in history classes, and especially when you get into college, like we accept them to be true. We accept them to not just be this fairy tale, which how do you know to be true? What you know to be true is a completely different conversation on its own. But we accept generally these works as facts. For instance, have you guys heard of Homer's Iliad? I'm not asking if you've read it, but are you familiar with the name? No. Yeah. Some of you? Okay, maybe not. Homer's Iliad. <laughs> college. It's this book that this dude wrote, and there's a 400-year gap after it was written. There's 1,900 copies of it. So it's, like, very well-respected. People understood who he was. They Like, he's a philosopher. He wrote and commented on things, and people listen to it, and they take that as fact. Well, let me tell you this. The New Testament alone, the earliest manuscript dates to 125 A.D., so not 90 years not 90 years, 30 years after the disciples. And we have 5,856 copies of parts of the New Testament. Wow. Do you think it's accurate? And it would be one thing if each copy was like some random fairy tale, different version, but they're not. They're exact or, or 99% closeness copies of the Bible. So in other words, we can conclude The Bible is accurate, and you can trust the Bible more than you can trust your history book. And I'm saying you should trust your history book, but then how much more should you trust the Bible? To to say that the Bible is not trustworthy is to devoid reality altogether. If you think the Bible is not trustworthy, there is something wrong with the way that you view life. That's heavy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And so I think it kind of begs the question, if the Bible is true, then what should we do with it? Read it. Read it. Follow it. Follow it. Live it. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Compare it to your life and put it in your life. Apply it. Live through it. Yeah. Ask yourself, 
you know, is you read the Bible, but is the Bible reading you? Is it changing you? Is it affecting you? WWJD. It's like the most cliche. I know. What would Jesus do? <laughs> okay, would, guys. He would love first. None of you guys. <laughs> none of you got that. I think it's the same people that made WWJD. Also I've made a bracelet called HWLF. He would yeah. love first. Uh, so can we trust the Bible? Short answer. Yes. 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 Madison, you were hesitant there. What? I, yes. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. She's rethinking her entire religious experience. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, we've talked about, like, etymology and, and philosophy. Like, you, you can believe in a God because somebody had to create truth. Therefore, you know that truth is true, and the ultimate source of truth is God. And based off of the evidence, which is what we should compare anything to in life, based off of the evidence— we can definitively say God's word is accurate. Have you guys heard of the scientific method? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you prove the scientific method using the scientific method? I didn't take that course, but I know what it is. I did not pay attention in that Preferably class. Preferably no. No, you, you, you cannot prove a means of extracting evidence using the means of extracting evidence. Right. So in other words, it'd be like saying, can I use a ruler to measure the chair? And prove that it's actually measuring the chair using the ruler. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like yeah. circular reasoning. It's circular reasoning. In other words, it's like, it's like me saying, how can I prove that the English dictionary is the best dictionary ever and only speak in English? Like if I'm not comparing it to anything other than itself, like it doesn't – does that make sense? Yeah. So in other words, I could say, man, I hate English. And if you notice, I just said that in English. So it's kind of like contradictory. So it's like saying, can I prove Can I prove how long my desk is using a roller? Yes. Can I prove that that is the only means and best way possible of measuring my desk using the roller? Yeah. Well, also what it does is it also creates a absolute guarantee that, oh, well, then my the scientific method will always be true. Mm. It's like because you're trying to measure it using itself almost in a way like yeah you, you can't measure something in and 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 definitively say that your measurement is accurate because the tool that you're using is perfect and your proof that your tool is perfect is the tool itself like it almost like doesn't work that way and people don't realize it but you are assuming that the scientific method works because you can get honest facts you can get honest measurements. You can get on it like you're not twisting the data, right? Mm. If I measured my desk and only measured one foot of it and said, well, my desk is a foot, I clearly did not measure my entire desk. I manipulated the data. So to do science reasonably requires reason and it requires truth. Well, who created truth? God. Somebody had to have created truth. There has to be a creator. I would say, God, how do we know it's the Christian God? What about the Quran? What about all of these other books in the world? No comment? <laughs> Tricky. Well, the Bible claims that Jesus is the way, not some way, the way, the truth, and the life. And it just so happens that the Quran talks more about Jesus than it does anybody else. That's interesting. And ultimately, every other religion, most religions in the world, are all about what you can do to get to heaven and not what God did for you to get there. And Christianity beautifully teaches that God sent his son to die for you, and by grace through faith, you can go to heaven. And it's an upside-down paradox of how the world functions. The world thinks, I want to do everything I can to get to God. Jesus says, I did everything I could to get you to God. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so, in conclusion, there is a God, there is truth, and this truth 
allows us to think and to reason. And part of our thinking and reasoning is, can we trust the Bible if it came from God? Short answer, yes. Long answer, re-listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to run through that a few times, bro. To let it really sink and soak in. So I hope that helps. I know it's not like the most jam-packed episode with just like, wow. But it's a great question to ask. Can you trust the Bible? Yes. Should you trust the Bible? Yes. What should you do with that? You should listen to it, follow the Bible, because you can now trust it. Mm. Apply it to your life. And allow it to transform you. know it's real. So if the Bible is worth trusting, it's worth living for and allowing it to transform you. Well, hey, listen, I'm so glad you guys tuned in. Hopefully, after listening to this episode four or five times, it really clicks. It really sinks (laughs) in. And uh, hey, do your own research. Look at each side, and God will guide you into all truth. And and I'm excited. I'm super pumped. And uh, yeah. Let's do it. I'm ready for the next episode. Peace. Oh, yeah. Bye. Ciao. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Huh? 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 <laughs> do it again. <laughs> <laughs>